London. 1. His name was Potter, which seemed unlikely. He had a querulous, fluting voice and a distant manner, as though perhaps she was not really suitable for his requirements, but he would see her anyway, out of politeness. Thank you for coming all this way, he said, and for taking time off from your work. Do please make yourself at home. The exhortation seemed impossible to fulfill. The room itself was stripped almost bare. There was the space where a bed might have been. A headboard was attached to the wall, and there were two little shelves that would have been bedside tables. But apart from that, the only furniture was a table and two chairs. A bare light bulb hung from the ceiling. She sat, neither forward on the edge of the chair nor back as though she were in the sitting room at home neither one thing nor the other, but upright, relaxed, and watchful, while Potter sat opposite her and smiled benignly. He was an undistinguished-looking man, the kind that her father called a bank manager type, except bank managers always had moustaches and wore dark suits, but this man was clean-shaven and wearing a tweed jacket with a waistcoat. A headmaster, she decided, a headmaster about to interview a difficult pupil, the kind of head who asks questions rather than delivers lectures, the kind that lets you tie yourself in knots, the Socratic method. Now, I expect you are wondering why I've invited you here. His letter had asked her not to come in uniform. She'd thought that strange at the time, even slightly peculiar. Why not in uniform when the whole damn world was in uniform? So she'd chosen something plain and businesslike. A navy skirt and jacket with a white blouse, and the only decent pair of shoes she had managed to bring from Geneva. She'd tried to avoid using them too much in the last couple of years. They were too precious. And silk stockings. She wore silk stockings. Her last pair. You said something about French. In your letter, you had use for my language ability. Exactly. Peut-être. Potter paused and smiled deprecatingly. Peut-être nous devrions parler français? There was an English accent and a certain woodenness about the phrasing, as though he was using the language consciously rather than naturally. But he did it well enough. She shrugged and followed his lead, slipping from one language to the other with that strange facility that she had, and her father could never manage. The thing is, Papa, she had told him once, for you it's two languages, but it's not for me. For me there's only one language. I simply use the bits of it that are appropriate at the time. And so the rest of this conversation, a very guarded, evasive conversation, was in French, Potter with his quaint formalities, Marion with her rapid flutter of colloquialisms. I must emphasize from the start, he warned her, that the work would be of a most secret nature. Everything about it, even our meeting here today, must be held in absolute confidence. It all comes under the Official Secrets Act. You do understand that, don't you? I believe you have already signed the act because of your work in the WAF, but we do like to be sure.
So she signed the form once more, a solemn little ceremony like a registry office marriage, for which Mr. Potter lent his fountain pen and waited reverently for the ink to dry. So tell me a little about yourself, Miss Sutro. The name, for example. Not Jewish, is it? Sutro? It may have been once, I don't really know. My father is C of E, and his father was even a vicar, which led to a certain amount of difficulty when Papa married my mother because she is Roman Catholic. That's how we were brought up. Ah, see. That all sounds most regular, but one has to be sure. That I'm not a Jew? You don't want Jews? We have to be sure that people of the, uh, Jewish persuasion are fully aware of the risks. What risks? There was a small tremor of impatience in his voice. Perhaps I should be asking the questions, Miss Sutro. I wonder, how did you acquire your command of the language? She shrugged. I didn't acquire my command of the language. I simply learned to speak, as everyone does. It just happened to be French. My mother is French. We lived in Geneva. But you also speak excellent English. That was from my father, of course. And at school we also spoke English as well as French. It was an international school. And then I spent three years at boarding school in England. What was your father doing in Geneva? He worked for the League of Nations. She paused and asked with irony. Do you remember the League of Nations, Mr. Potter?